Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title, aka my podcast. This is Keyshawn Rains, and I am super excited about today's episode for a couple of reasons. One, because today's guest is amazing, as are all of my guests, and I am very particular about the people that I choose to ask to be a part of this podcast. I am choosing people that I feel a sense of genuine connection with. I am choosing people that I feel inspired and empowered and positively impacted by. Today's guest is someone who every time that I see her, whether it's through her social media posts or things that I, you know, go to events that I go to and we happen to be in the same place at the same time. I look at her truly just in awe and I'm in awe of her because she is such a powerful presence in all of her whole incomplete self. She lives her life very much out loud, in your face, outspoken. She's emotional. She's sensitive. She's empowering. She's impactful. She's sexy. She's just all things that I am inspired by when it comes to what femininity actually looks like. And today's conversation is about just that. Our conversation touches on everything from what is femme and what does it look like? What does it mean? What is femme as far as the roles that it plays in relationships? What is femme as far as the roles that it plays in this world? And then just what is femme just to us as as two women? And What I like about the conversation is that it gave me an opportunity to get to know myself a little bit deeper. And of course, it gave me an opportunity to get to know her a little bit deeper. So today's guest is Laura Luna. And I cannot wait for you to just hear a snippet of our conversation and hope that you are impacted by it as much as I was. So get comfortable. Take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready for another conversation. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being available today. I know it's a holiday and everything. And so, you know, I appreciate you for like setting the time aside to be a part of this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we are going to dive into just a very casual conversation. Um, You know, you've heard an episode or two of the podcast, so you kind of know the vibe. It's really just me um, getting the opportunity to kind of sort of interview some people that I know, but in a very non-Oprah-esque type of way. So, you know, like, Wait, you mean this isn't going to be like Oprah? That's what I said up for. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, this is like the un-Oprah. Like, Oprah is definitely one of my biggest influencers um, as far as, like, the format of her show. Like, I love Super Soul Sunday. I love how she has, you know, a different guest every week. And she kind of asks them basically the same questions, but because she's talking to different people, of course, their answers are different. So it was definitely like inspiration for this, including the ideas, opinions, and experiences of other people. And so that, you know, is, is kind of exciting. So it's, it's Oprah-esque in that sense, but as far as like language is free and casual, you know, content is very, you know, across the spectrum as far as what we talk about. So just, you know, feel comfortable in that, in that respect. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to dive in and I'm going to give you the, the floor, the mic, and let you introduce yourself to the listeners and share your name, your astrological sign, as many elements of your birth chart as you'd like, and then uh, one of your passions. Well, my name is Laura Luna. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am a Pisces through and through, emo um, as all get out um my rising is in gemini and my moon is in taurus and one of my passions is building femme of color community and raising visibility around fat people of color Mm. awesome pisces yay water signs (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yes i am a cancer sun sign Sagittarius moon and uh, Aquarius. I'm sorry, I'm lying. Not Aquarius. A Scorpio 
ascending is what was happening. I was kind of blending those words into one. Oh, wow. But um, so yeah, like Scorpio, right? So I have like the water, fire, water element going on. And then I did some more diving into my chart. And then I started feeling like, I don't know who I am anymore if I go off of this. Because... <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's why I try to stick to like one thing because I feel like once I get into too many things, I start getting overwhelmed. And then I'm like, who am I? I'm yeah. having like an existential crisis, like based on this chart, even though I'm sure that, you know, someone out there could like read me to filth, you know, with my whole chart, but I'm like, okay, let me stick to Pisces because I am definitely a very Pisces, Pisces, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And see, for me is like, I know that I'm a cancer and I, but a lot of times do feel like there's elements of that, you know, sign that I don't really connect with. And so when I, you know, had my chart done the very first time and I saw like Sagittarius moon and I'm like, well, cancers are ruled by the moon. So if my moon is in Sag, that explains a lot about Mm. myself that I was like, is this why I don't really connect with other cancers the way that most cancers like, Ooh, cancers, you know, and they're like magnetized towards each other. And I'm like, "Eh, I mean, you know, y'all are right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a cancer (laughs) trait for sure. I'm always, I always ask guests about their astrological sign because I've, you know, it's just like an area of interest, you know, for me, I think it's kind of cool, you know, to think about like our connection, um, to the planets and the sun and the stars and that kind of piece of it. And then sometimes it does kind of shed light on, you know, elements of a person's personality and the way they show up in the world. And it helps me to be able to sometimes navigate, you know, conversation or relationships with them when I'm aware of, you know, certain, I guess, like stereotypical, you know, elements of their sign, you know, like, Pisces are passionate and Pisces are very emotional and, you know, but they're also very loving and loyal and those guys. So I'm like, yeah, I like that. So are you one of those people that like researches folks like, like charts when you're dating them, like before you start dating them? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a- <laughs> it's a thing. No, I know it's a thing. It's a thing. So I'm like- <laughs> it's a thing. No, I have like an app on my phone. Yes, it's it's, uh- nine, it's 99 cents for me to get their birth chart. So I literally okay. <laughs> you better download their birth charts. Okay. Oh so God. I'm like, so yeah, okay. So what's your name and your sign, the day and time you were born, and the location? Right. And they're like, uh, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, it's just like a background check, you know, like an astrological <laughs> background check. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. Are there any signs that like you will not date? You know, I'm getting to the point where I'm saying that I will not date a Libra ever again. Oh, um, and, but it's so odd because even saying it out loud, my inner self is like, bitch, you lying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Cause you know, you love Libras. Um, right. but I think what it is, is that I've, and I, the reason I say that is because I've, I've dated, you know, a lot. Like when I, you know, I came out, um, about, damn, it's been almost 11 years. That's so crazy. Yeah. I came out, um, 11 years ago and, you know, I dated of like the full gamut of the astrological, you know, uh, spectrum. And I found that like a couple weeks ago, I was kind of like a friend was like asking about like my number, like, as in like how many partners I'd had. And I was oh like, Oh my God, that's horrible. Like a body I, count. And like or a body like count. Partner. No, 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 we friends like that, will I even entertain this conversation? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because I know it's not coming from a place of judgment and I feel safe here. Okay. So I sat down and I was like, hmm, let me, mm, let me, okay, hold on. Let me think. And well, wait, divide by two minus <laughs> seven. <laughs> and I was like, can we just go with like partners that I dated? Can we stick with that number? Because that sounds a lot better. <laughs> So anyway, as I was doing that, I looked at like, okay, let me just look at like partner, like actual girlfriends or partners that I've had. Let me look at that. And I realized that I've dated four Libras out out of the last, you know, 11 years that I've been in relationships with women. I've dated four Libras and dated meaning we weren't just sleeping together. We actually did, you know, spend uh, TNF, you know, time not fucking. And we actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Libras. And so I was like, what is that about? And that's the reason I would say, what about you? Is there any astrological sign that you would avoid in dating? Um, I want to say a Taurus because Ooh. I, yeah, I feel like, but then again, like, just like you, like, I'm like, you're right, girl. You love them Tauruses. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's like the part that you love in the beginning is the part that you hate at the end. Have you noticed yeah. that? Absolutely. For me, it's like, it's like, I love a cocky ass vibe. Like, if you're cocky, I'm like, yes, I'm attracted to that. Yes, I want you to give yourself your tens. But then at the end, when things like don't go as well as the beginning, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no, your ego is out of control. You know what I mean? Precisely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a Taurus, like love hate relationship with Taurus. Yeah. I I feel the same way about Libra. Libras are very charming and they're very. Oh, my God. My best friend is actually a Libra and she's like literally one of the most charming people I know. Yes. Ever. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like my son is a Libra. My dad is a Libra. You know, my sister, uh, Karma is a Libra. So I've been surrounded by Libras. So they, and they love so like passionately and Mm -hmm. intensely, um, with a lot of people though, sometimes. So (laughs) So that like love and passion that they show with me, they're like, and this person and this person and that person. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, if I knew that's what we were doing, then I'm fine with it, but just just let me know. Right. But, um, and then I think what I also liked about Libras is, you know, they are an air sign. So there is like that free spirit, you know, that very creative, you know, passionate element of them. And sometimes, like you said, towards the end, it's like, okay, I can't like pin you down in one place, you know, like, so that was a little bit challenging, but yeah. So, so anywho, um, one of the reasons why I asked for you to be a guest is because I've just been impressed and enamored with you from the first time that we met. And (laughs) I'm just like, who is this magical creature that seems to kind of be a celebrity in my mind? Oh my God. Um, Because when I met you, it was back at, um, there was an event in LA and it was like, I want to say it was like a queer femme event when, um, Kim Milan, is that her name? Was a guest speaker. And she did like a femme empowerment presentation and I was like taking notes feverishly like in my notebook like oh my god all this feminine stuff I had no idea that I could be you know I could identify as femme and I don't have to necessarily wear makeup or skirt like she blew my mind and you were a big facilitator and a big part of that and I just remember being like oh she's responsible for this okay who is that how do I know her and then like you know like involvement in like you know, QPOC spaces and, you know, Dykedale LA. And I'm just like, who is this person? So when I got a chance to really like meet you and like spend some time with you and just have like very casual conversations, I was like, Luna's dope as shit. And I follow you on Instagram and I follow you on Facebook and you always educate me when you post most things that you post, even the Beyonce information is also very valuable. Um, <laughs> but like, whether it's about like the Latinx community or the femme community or the QPOC community, I always feel like elevated whenever I read any of your content or have conversation with you. So I just want to commend you and affirm you for being who you are and let you know that I see you. And I hope that a lot of other people are seeing you as well. Thank you. That's so lovely. Yeah. That uh, Kim Milan week. Uh, when we flew her out to um, come do a week, a week's worth of workshops was actually one of my like highlights of my like queer career. <laughs> uh, that was definitely um, such an amazing time um, for us. So, and just having her brilliance and definitely a lot of uh, my knowledge comes from Kim and her, the amazing work that, that she does. And, you know, she's a new mom now and just seeing her um, do workshops and presentations with her beautiful baby literally in tow up on the stage is just everything, you know? Yeah, that's really beautiful. And yeah. I I think what stood out for me too during the, the one workshop that I got to participate in was just understanding and like I said, even being enlightened and expanding my my idea of what femme actually is, what it means, what it looks like. So my first question for you is 
how do you define femme? What does that mean for you? What does that look like for you? Well, I'm really thankful that you said what it, what does it look like for me? Because as a femme person, people ask me that question and they expect me to answer for everybody. But mm. I feel like everybody's journey towards their own personal feminist is definitely a very private and personal one. I mean, some of us choose to make it public by the way that we, you know, interact with folks on like social media or even in real life. But for me, I mean, my feminist has changed and it's evolved even from when I first came out um, to now definitely being in this body that's aging. I just turned 40 and um, I feel like definitely the, you know, the exterior feminist uh, look has changed. I mean, I used to go out to like queer events and in in like nothing less than five inch heels. And now Mm -hmm. I I can't do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but my feminist still stays the same because it's mine. It's inside of me. And it's definitely a power, especially I think as femmes of color, we, we tend to get a lot of power from like our, I call them four femmes. So like the femmes Mm -hmm. that came before us. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And even the folks that don't necessarily might not necessarily know the terminology. So I get a lot of my feminists from um, like, folks like my mom who you know only had up to a third grade education in Mexico but so she wouldn't necessarily say oh I'm femme Mm -hmm. but definitely there was a lot of things growing up that you know showed me like the power of being feminine and that it wasn't necessarily for the consumption of a masculine person or a masculine Mm -hmm. presenting person but definitely taking that power um, for ourselves so so my my femme identity is definitely very uh, sparkly and glittery, mm-hmm. and if you um, like, you mentioned my Instagram. Like I'm very over the top, mm-hmm. um, but that femme identity might not be for everybody. But it's definitely for me. I mean, if I'm going to an event and I don't have like fake lashes on, I feel naked, and that's mm. part of my <laughs> personal femme identity. But you know, like I said, it's it's different for everyone, and I think that's the beauty, right? The fact that mm-hmm. like the feminist does not necessarily have to mean woman, or you know. Um, so I think that the fact that like femme identity is now encompassing of so many um, different genders, which it it always has, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. many of our. So many of our cultures have always, um, you know, identified the fact that there is more than two genders, right? right? right. So the fact that, like, this is not some new shit, you know, yeah, like, right. now there's a lot of, like, Tumblr and, like, Medium posts and all these people that are academics talking about gender, but, like, this mm-hmm. is uh, stuff that was passed down from a lot of our Native cultures, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so... The fact that it's kind of being talked about again um, is beautiful, but mm-hmm. let's not forget like where that came from, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you said, like it's, it's not new shit. I mean, yeah. like, well, because, you know, like if you think of, well, human beings in general, like the the stage of evolution that we're at right now, as far as like tribal, cultural, gender influenced, you know, regional influence, all the things that influence who we are, we've been at this state of consciousness for a while. So right. the idea that, you know, there's only these two polar elements of gender identity is, you know, a, that's indicative of like forced conformity and trying to put people in boxes and things like that. But it seems like the spectrum element that a lot more people are starting to embrace now and acknowledge that, yes, femme is a spectrum, just like even queer is a spectrum and, you know, things like that, that it's not just a, this is this, that is that it's either box one or box two. And that's all you can choose from. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea that, that we, especially like you said, as femmes of color and as queer femmes of color, that we're challenging those boxes, you know, that we're challenging those, those restrictions and those attempts to conform because, conformity is unnatural for humans in general. I think we naturally, we come into this world as individuals with unique strands of, you know, DNA that form who we are and our purpose in the world. And to try to shove ourselves into a box, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's traumatizing, you know, in some cases to try to do that. So I'm excited to be around at this time. You know, I just, I made 40 last year and I can totally, you know, align with those, um, those 
physical body changes and how they influence my, my femme. And what's interesting for me is that, you know, as my body is aging and maturing and transforming, I'm feeling more and more comfortable with its quote unquote imperfections. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I totally, totally feel that. I definitely, that's something that for me, it's like, you know, I, I've been becoming more comfortable with the imperfections, loving the imperfections and also loving the process. Like it was really interesting because yesterday I went to um, Agape with my roommate, who's like my sister, and she's also a femme of color. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were sitting down eating, um, like we sat down on the curb eating mm-hmm. this food from this like amazing food truck. And then when I got up, my like leg was asleep, so I like couldn't <laughs> walk. And I was literally holding on to her. I was like, okay, I need to hold on to you, you know? And in that moment, I was like, you know what? This is just like such a beautiful representation of like, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm having to rely and be more vulnerable and rely on the folks around me and be able to like check my ego and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, girl, you need help. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. okay to need help and it's okay to ask for that help, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I think that also like within our cultures as, as people of color, like that is something that we've always, you know, kind of, uh, been known for is that like our families mm-hmm. help us but I think as queer people that we tend to sometimes move from like our families of origin to mm-hmm. our chosen families you know what I mean right. so right mm-hmm. exactly and I think that in and of itself is something that I think is unique to the queer journey is you know there are some and I think that population is still relatively small but there are some queer folks whose family of origin is still there for them to lean on, is still there to pick oh, them yeah. up. You know, there are some, but there's also a lot that that don't have that. And it does take time to develop your chosen family. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It takes time to identify who those people are and how they show up for you and if they're going to be around, like, for the long haul. You know what I mean? Because like, exactly. when, like your family of origin, it's like, okay, we blood. So push comes to shove. Right. I guess I can't actually get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? I guess you right. can't really go too far. But right. then when it comes to chosen family, you know, sometimes chosen family starts off as, you know, romantic partners and they become chosen family. Or sometimes they start off as just coworkers and they become chosen family. So being able to have that support system is so valuable. And I like that you shared that story because I've had, moments like that where I'm like, girl, actually, you know what? Can we slow down a little bit? Cause I don't know. Let me adjust my, my shoes. Cause the five inch heels. Yeah. I don't, I've never had a relationship with five inch heels. Um, with the exception of like trying to be not trying to be, but choosing to be a little sex pot, like behind closed doors where I'm leaning oh, against yes. something with the okay. five inch heels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not going to go very far, honey, but I have them on. <laughs> right. Like they're not for walking. Okay. <laughs> they're not for walking. This is just purely a prop for, uh, to tantalize your, you know, your, your temptation. So yes, that's what yes. this is for. But, um, but yeah, so I noticed like when I go out now, like, you know, I'm like, okay, what am I going to wear? And what am I going to put on? And like I was saying, like, now that my body's going through these trans transitions, cause you know, I'm a parent, I'm a mother mm-hmm. and my son is 16 years old. And so I look at my body now and I'm like, wow, okay, my body's definitely gone through changes. And I see the the evidence of motherhood, you know, in different parts mm-hmm. of my body. And I see those parts that I used to feel a lot of shame about and would try to cover or conceal in some kind of way. And like last year for my 40th birthday was the first time that I put on a two-piece swimsuit since my son was born. And it was such an amazing experience. I was in Playa del Carmen and I walked out onto the beach and I didn't have a sarong. I didn't have a towel. I didn't have anything covering me. And I was just like, this is happening. And I'm feeling it because I'm feeling myself. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, like those kind of moments. So do you have a moment that you can, I'm sure you have lots, but do you have a moment that you can think of where you really felt free in your body and free in your your femininity and expression through your body? Yeah, uh, one of the 
times that I can remember actually really vividly is um, the uh, the last time I went to the Allied Media Conference mm-hmm. um, in Detroit, which was probably oh maybe three to four years ago. Wow, mm-hmm. it's been that long. Um, they have um, some nightly parties, and one of the nightly parties they had uh, Las Cafeteras, which is a a Son Jarocha group that's LA based, mm-hmm. and um, I went with a bunch of femmes of color and. I was literally wearing like a mini skirt and I think like a, so it must've been a swimsuit top or some kind of top that was like, my belly was out. It mm-hmm. was like all, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. And because I felt safe in that space, because yeah. if you're not aware of the Allied Media Conference, or if the listeners aren't aware, it's a conference that's mostly all like radical media makers. So mm-hmm. it's a bunch of folks that are just <clears throat> all, you know, positive about, you know, like body positive, mm-hmm. queer positive, POC positive, like everything. So I felt really safe. Plus I was like rolling with my friends and I ended up like just having such a great time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting pulled onto the stage by the band. Wow. So I was literally like <laughs> dancing in front of everybody. And here I am like oh, in this like mini skirt and like yes. really high crop top. And I was just like living my best life, you know. I love it. Yeah. Oh my god! I love it that. So good. Yeah, I love that. And for I was like, oh my god, there's gonna be pictures. Like after all, mm-hmm. you know, after the euphoria. Mm-hmm. But then once I saw the pictures, I was like, I look so happy. You know? Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what's so funny? Because like you said, when you look back at the pictures, like in the moment, you know, you can't. You know, you see yourself, but you don't see yourself. You know, through right. the eyes of other people necessarily. And then when you go back and you look at pictures. I know I felt the same way. I went back and looked at pictures from like this day on the beach last year and I just looked at my face. I didn't even look at my body. I just looked at my face and I was like, dang girl, you look happy. Okay. Yeah. This is what 40 looks like. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. And I love that, that experience that we get to have when we feel like you said, when we feel safe, when we feel like we have, we have our girls around, we have our femmes around, we're in a safe space. We're in a, you know, a comfortable space because a lot of times when we walk in the world, you know, the world around us is not always safe, you know, it doesn't always oh, feel safe. And gosh, we, yeah. you know, naturally have been kind of conditioned to shield or hide or, you know, conceal to protect ourselves from this world, you know, that we live in. And mm-hmm. so how do you find, um, for someone who may be listening to this, who doesn't necessarily know where to go, how to connect, how to find safe spaces for, for femmes of color, specifically queer femmes of color? How do you suggest they, they look for something like that? I feel like always online, mm-hmm. uh, that's where I start. Okay. It's like, oh, when I started my journey I, to, into really diving deep into my family's color identity, it was definitely online. So like Tumblr, if you just search the hashtag like femme of color or mm-hmm. like, you know, cutie POC, like QTPOC, or also the hashtag that we, the, our collective created, which is the Femmes of Color Visibility hashtag. Mm-hmm. And you look that on either, you know, Instagram or Tumblr or Twitter, you, you know, you start looking, you start finding the folks who are using the hashtag and just mm-hmm. looking at like what beautiful, rich lives that they are leading. And I feel like a lot of the folks that I've connected with, um, a lot of the femmes that I've connected with that I never thought I'd connect with in real life, I started connecting through those types of sites. So like Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. And then at some point it became up in person if that, you know, if that person was coming to LA or if, Mm -hmm. you know, I was going to go to that city or even folks that are like local to this area, there's folks that definitely weren't um, part of my particular social circle that I've been able mm-hmm. to connect with. And it's just about connecting like, you know, through a DM or if you see someone's Instagram story and you're like, yes, I totally resonate with that. It's mm-hmm. like starting um, a conversation with them. And, you know, of course, it's up to them if they want to respond to you or not. You know, that's their um, prerogative, but I, mostly what I've, what I've noticed is that a lot of folks that I've done that with have mm-hmm. been super receptive. And I know yeah. that for myself, if I have the 
um, capacity to be able to respond to somebody, then I definitely do it. Like I get messages mm-hmm. all the time and not like, oh, sliding into my DMs, like trying right. to holler at me. Right. Like, right. like sometimes <laughs> that happens, but, right, but right. mostly what happens with me is I get like younger femmes who mm. have questions about like identity or have questions about like, you know, or want to like commiserate about having, you know, a tough day around like, you know, their body or, Mm -hmm. um, questions around, you know, being polyamorous or Mm -hmm. like things like that. And so, you know, if I can, like, I always try to come from it from a place of how would like, if, if I was the one asking the question as like a baby femme or like a younger femme, what would I have needed from like an older femme who, Mm -hmm. you know, what type of advice or what, you know, what could I give that I wish I could have had, you know, cause right. we, you know, when we grew up or at least mm-hmm. when I came out, there wasn't, I had like femme elders, but not really a lot of femme community because this was right. pre like yes. Tumblr, Instagram, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so we didn't have those spaces, you know? So that's right. why now it's like so important for me to like try to even if it's just online space, because mm-hmm. I don't really do a lot of events anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's so important to even have that space online because we're so connected to technology. I mean, it, it, who, tell me who like leaves their phone at home. So we're so, we're so connected that it's created our world to be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. That can be a blessing and a curse at times, but I think it's <laughs> mostly a blessing. <laughs> right. Right. Like, Oh wait, you know her too. Oh damn. Right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I agree. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I think that's really valuable information for people to know, because I know that sometimes social media gets a bad rap, you know, for being mm-hmm. whatever toxic or whatever, but I'm like, you know, I heard something the other day, I think it was Gary V this like a motivational speaker guy who said our cell phones are like the remote control for our world. You know, so, it, you know, it, it plugs us in, it tunes us in. That's how we find people. That's how we find information. That's how we connect. That's how we communicate. And I think it's cool that someone like yourself recognizes the importance of responding to those messages that you get, like you said, from the baby femmes or the younger, you know, femmes that are looking for that guidance. Because like you said, when I first came out, you know, as um, in the black, you know, queer community, I found that a lot of the people that I was connecting with in the community didn't identify as femme. Mm -hmm. And so my tribe you know, my, my queer tribe started off as mostly, you know, mock or masculine of center or masculine identifying mm-hmm. women. And so what I discovered when I first came out was, oh, this is how I can be gay is to be like them. So I mm-hmm. started like, you know, mimicking like the style of dress and, you know, but I was like, well, that doesn't really feel like me. And then on the other end of the spectrum was like the quote unquote lipstick lesbians that we called them back then, you know, right. where I was like, okay, but again, the five inch heels can't do that. So right. where do I fit? And I swear to you, when I came to that workshop where Kim Milan was speaking, that was one of the first times that's so crazy. I get all emotional. This is my cancer coming I know. out. <laughs> that was no, one I of the first, you it. know, that was one of the first times that I was like, oh, okay. So I can be a femme and still be me. And not have yes. to modify the way that I dress or modify the style of my hair. If I want to wear lipstick and sneakers, I can. Or if yes. I want to wear a baseball cap and a dress, I can. Or if I want to just, you know, walk down the street in a crop top and a mini skirt, I can. And I can still do all of these elements and not have to fit into one of these two boxes. So that was really powerful for me. And I really equate that. When I think of her, I think of you. So that's so lovely because, you know, that was a really big moment for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I definitely, like I said, I always give so many props to Kim Milan because she definitely also like broke open my own, you know, Mm -hmm. femme identity Mm -hmm. and the way that she celebrates, um, hood femme is just so amazing because I grew up in the hood and I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Like hood femmes are the best. Like, right. Like, you know, hood femme started the trend always, you know? And, and so, and I think, you know, what's so interesting about what you said about, um, the two, so like the lipstick and the masculine center. Mm -hmm. And when I first came out, 
I saw, like, this is so funny. I saw how much, like, game masculine lesbians got. Girl. That I, like, I gotta be that. So I literally also had a moment where I was wearing, like, baggy jeans. And, like, at that time, we called them wife beaters. Yes. The new term is, like, like, A-line shirt. (laughs) But why would I wear them and then wear, like, a full face of makeup? Yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> but then even while I was wearing that, I was like, that's not me. But I was like, is this the only way I'm going to be able to, like, get laid? Get a lace, you know? thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I have to. So this is, like, in my mind, I was like, so this is the uniform, right? This is what I right. wear. Because otherwise, ain't nobody going to give me their number. So <laughs> Right, because they all think you're straight or something. And I'm exactly. like, but you know how sad that it's like society has mm-hmm. ingrained that it's like it's really rooted in like femphobia, you know? Yeah, and, it is. And I think that yeah, like definitely um like following Kim Milan's Tumblr and and just seeing the way that she celebrates all aspects of femme, you know, is just so beautiful and you know, so affirming for so many femmes because I feel like I got that comment um, so much from folks who went to that workshop. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like not having to conform to society's, you know, definition of what femme is and right. how our gender is so expansive that we get to create that for ourselves, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a powerful experience and, and thank you for sharing that. So I know I'm not alone in our, oh, no, you know, you in our, in our, like you said, the wife beater baggy jeans and, yes. full, and full makeup oh. experiences. But I look back at those pictures, you know, of that time and I was looking at them. You could not tell me that I was not the flyest boy on the street. Exactly. Um, but but getting to this place now at 40, at this, you know, queer femme of color stage of my life where I'm identifying who I am, it's, it's, it's spilled over into so many different elements of the, of the world that I live in and the way that I show up in the world and even the way that I show up in my relationships, you know, because part of my, you know, femme journey to getting to where I am now was also understanding and then rejecting a lot of the gender roles that I felt like I was taking on in my relationships with women because I was like, okay, so if I'm the femme, then I'm the girl, then I'm the woman. So I guess I'm submissive and you're in charge and I don't have a voice anymore. And that, like I went down that road. So has, have you experienced anything like that in your journey? Like as a femme? Um, well, definitely I, um, Let's see how to put this. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, not in not and I want to be clear that when I say when I use the term submissive, um I mean in a not in an in an agreeable sense, you know, me making myself small, not in a consensual. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well definitely um I feel like I'm definitely, a, you know, I identify as a pleasure-seeking bottom. So, okay. Okay. so that's my jam. And I'm mm-hmm. definitely in the, like, kink world, identify as more of a submissive. But mm-hmm. I'm also the type of person that, like, lo- like loves planning dates. Mm-hmm. I, I, I recently, like, in the last probably seven years have been, well, actually, maybe less than that, like, five years. Mm-hmm. have been dating femmes and okay. I'm which normally I'm like I was all about masculine like mask everything yeah. and now yeah. I'm not like closed off to that mm-hmm. but I'm also like I think as my own femme journey like expanded I felt like yeah like you know we don't need to have these roles we can just be like equal partners mm-hmm. or you know depending on the situation so I definitely feel like more liberated in that sense mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm like, I love gifting my dates flowers. Yeah. I love do like, I love planning dates. Mm-hmm. Like I love being like, I'm going to pick you up at this time. Does that work for you? And mm-hmm. like, definitely, I think as a femme, the like, does that work for you is so important because yes. it's like, you need as a femme, mm-hmm. you know that a femme needs time to get ready. Exactly. Especially if they're going out on a date. <laughs> so I'm definitely the kind that, like, will be like, 
okay, like I'm checking in because I know that you have a routine because I know I have a routine. routine so right. like, <laughs> work for you, you know? Right, right. And I think that that's been like, so it's been so beautiful, you know, to be on that particular journey or even like, um, yeah, I love the like fluidity of, mm-hmm. of that, but I haven't really dated a masculine person in a while so like right right I, you're like I it's been like, a minute so <laughs> you know I was a long-term relationship type person I should say even though when I look back at my relationships it's like I didn't do a lot of dating you know I did a like hi I love you let's be together forever <laughs> oh, you, uh, you like know the U-Haul lesbian yeah like the U-Haul lesbian yeah that was like oh that was also in my notebook like this is how to be gay uh that's <laughs> right, what I, exactly. that's what, this is the way you wear this uniform you <laughs> date and you marry them back in right. the shirt move in on the second date got it I you know was following all these rules that apparently was reading the wrong books at the time but now I'm in that space where, you know, the last, you know, person that I dated, I should say the last, you know, couple of people that I dated would definitely identify as more mask um, women or doms, you know, depending on where in the country you are mm-hmm. as far as terminology goes. And I realized that I, behind closed doors, am definitely also a pleasure-seeking bottom. Thank you for that terminology. Because I was like, <laughs> what do you, I don't like the term pillow princess because that makes no, me sound because, lazy. Because <laughs> I ain't lazy. No, I, I participate. All, you know that, I, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I feel like when you say bottom, automatically everyone's like giving us a bad rap. Yes. And I'm like, do you know? how much work it takes to actually be like a good bottom hello like you know what i and no shade to like the pillow princesses because i know plenty of Mm -hmm. folks who like identify in that way but Mm -hmm. i'm like no i am a pleasure seeking bottom and that means that i'm gonna do whatever it takes to To get mine yeah this does not mean that i'm taking a nap or anything during this absolutely not i am definitely an active participant thank you very much yeah um but yeah so i realized that something that i identify with and that i align with as far as my you know sexual you know experiences however i'm also a planner you know what i mean i'm also mm-hmm. a, a giver i'm also you know a person who likes to come in you know to take care of my my partner i realized that some in some of my experiences i did kind of like hold back in that way because i'm like well let me let them quote unquote be in charge of this let me let them feel like they're leading and i realized that a lot of that uh, mindset came from heteronormative gender yes. role expectations. I had to really do some soul searching and some self-reflection to see like, okay, but does that make sense for me? You know what I mean? Right, because right. sometimes, yeah, no shade. That might work for a lot of women um, or, you know, a lot of femmes. That might work for them. That might feel real for them to put on the apron and do the Donna Reed thing. Hey. Oh, I love it. I, I love, love it. I so many I love femme that. friends who are like, their whole aesthetic is like 1950s vintage mm-hmm. and it freaking works for them. And, yes. you know, and it also doesn't mean that they are like submissive. No, in any, fr- like no. some of them are, Yeah, but definitely I love the ones that I know that it's like, on the Instagram streets, they're all like yeah. Betty Crocker. Yes. But I know from like personal experience that in the in the sheets, girl, that's a whole other. That's a whole other person, <laughs> right. Betty Boo, exactly. Betty Page, exactly. actually, right? Exactly, <laughs> Betty Page. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, and I I agree, and I think that's that's another reason why I think conversations, you know, like this and representation and visibility is so important because I think that you know for a one for a femme to to connect with or identify with or align with um submissive you know personality or submissive action or submissive you know ideas does not make her powerless you right. know what i mean it, right. and i think that sometimes those you know those uh two words are assumed to be synonymous when in fact they're not you know right. there's a lot of power in submission and there's a lot of power in domestication in a sense there's a there's a power in providing for your partner in a way that you know is unique to you and i like that i've been single by choice for about 8 months now it's a first for me this is the longest in my adult life that i have been single on purpose wow it is the most exciting experience for me because i'm realizing that in this time of deliberately not dating I'm starting to get super clear on exactly what it is that I want and how I need to show up for myself in a relationship. 
I was a person who never really connected with the idea of, you know, polyamory. And I was like, oh, what is that about? And how does that work? And, but then when I sat with it, girl, in the last six or seven months, and I started journaling and I started meditating and I started getting clear, like, Keyshawn, actually, you kind of already, you've always been mm. a poly mindset, but mm-hmm. you've always been in relationships with people who are monogamous. And that was contributing to that powerless, submissive, small, diminished person that I was showing up in in my relationships. And I'm like, no wonder it didn't work. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that a lot because polyamory is becoming, you know, is getting more views on the forefront. I'm glad that you said that you were like reflecting on it and journaling, things like that, because I think that for a lot of they want to be poly because it's the in thing or it's the radical thing or it's the thing. But then once you're actually in the situation, you don't really know how to be poly or it's not really for you Mm -hmm. or you're still like, you know, creeping on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? When it's like, if this is about freedom, then it's about, then you're not really, you shouldn't really be worried like about what you're, person is doing or also like I think that um people conflate it or Mm -hmm. they'll be like okay are we just having sex or are right you know because that that's a whole other arrangement you know I think people conflate uh polyamory with dating Mm -hmm. with just like dating because dating I think that we're so used to like you said like Oh, I'm on the first date. I love you. Like, let's move in, right? So we're right. we're used to that. We're used to that. That we're not used to like the actual process of dating, which I think that like straight folks have a little bit more experience with that because mm-hmm. they actually date. But it's like if you are gonna say you're poly or be poly, like I think that definitely it's something that should be a journey and not just because like everybody's doing it. Exactly. Right. Because right. I feel like that's where we're at that moment where it's like, yeah, it's great that it's available to everybody, but I feel like please really like sit with it. Right. And figure right. out that if it's something that is for you because it's it's not it's not a game. It's a lot no. of communication. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like, it's a lot of work. So it's kind of yeah. like, are you really ready for this or not? Right. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I like that you said that, that it's like, it's, it's, it's great that it's getting visibility and that it's, it's getting, you know, some, some level of acceptance, but you know, like you said, for people who are unsure about it and are like, Oh, this is a thing now. So it's okay. It's a thing now. Mm-hmm. So I, I can do this and I should, I should test it out. Like the new, you know, chicken and waffles spot on the corner, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, Oh yeah, this is so trending. And I saw it on Yelp and I think we should do it. You know, it's, right. no, it definitely takes more than that. So my, uh, my next question for you is, um, when you show up in your professional job or what you do for work, do you modify your 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 feminist in in the workplace when you're around heteros and white folks and stuff like that, or do you show up as you everywhere? I feel that's such a really great question, actually, because I feel I work in a super corporate environment, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't feel like I bring my full. Laura Luna self because mm-hmm. obviously when I'm there I have like my government name that is definitely <laughs> different from my like non-gov you know like, like Instagram yeah. name or whatever mm-hmm. um and I feel like I don't sometimes I feel like I don't want to show up in that big of a way mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like you know what I'm here to just do my job mm-hmm. and get my paycheck and go home, you know, right. and I like give a hundred percent while I'm there, but I definitely feel, first of all, I'm going to be a thousand percent honest and say mm-hmm. that I hate waking up early. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when I'm like, okay, if I have to be at work at seven forty-five, mm. and I know that it's going to take me an hour and a half to do how I normally do. Like if I was going out on a date or like mm-hmm. to an event, it's going to take me, about an hour and a half to get ready. Mm -hmm. I'm not waking up at no 5 a.m., you know? (laughs) So they're they're getting, like, the bare minimum. Like, you know, probably, like, you know, my hair pulled back in a bun, like, mascara, (laughs) lipstick, but they're they're not getting, like, the false lashes or anything (laughs) like that or, like, the heels. And it's really interesting because when I do show up, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'll have an event that's, like, right after work, so I'll have to, like, wake up early and come to work, like, super done up and... Mm -hmm. My colleagues are just like, 
what is happening? Who are you? (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like I don't really do it up as much at work um, as I do in my, like, quote unquote, normal life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense too. Cause I think like, um, I have a friend who, um, you know, she's femme as well. And, you know, she changes her hair and her makeup and her wardrobe all the time. And sometimes she does, like you said, have like something, an event to go to after work and she'll show up in full form and they're like, Whoa. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, it's still me though. Like I still, I still have the same title. I still right. know the same shit. Don't assume that I'm any less powerful or intelligent as I was yesterday when I had my hair in a bun. So, right, um, exactly. yeah, so it kind of, it's kind of like a shocker, but it's, it's also a way for them to see like, yes, this is also me. You know what I mean? This is also, right. you know, who I am. And I maybe tone it down because I either a don't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning or B right. because this is just a hyper corporate environment. And I don't want I don't want me to become the center of attention as opposed to the quality of what it is that I'm doing as a job, you know? So, so I have two more questions for you. One question is, um, what do you do for self-care? Oh my goodness. What do I not do for self-care? I feel like (laughs) I I, love it. I know. Everything is (laughs) self-care. Everything is self-care. I mean, um, I love baths. I love essential oils. I love... Um, meditation. I feel like there's definitely um, folks that are like on my team as far as like, I have a really great um, acupuncturist that I go to about once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Portia, Deeper Genius Acupuncture. Oh, I follow <laughs> she, her yes, on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She's literally so amazing. Like I love her mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a chiropractor and a massage therapist that I see about every three weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thankful that I, I have the opportunity because of, you know, having insurance through mm-hmm. my job that mm-hmm. I'm able to do these things. Um, but sometimes self-care just looks like, I'm going to be honest, like taking an edible or like mm-hmm. smoking a bowl mm-hmm. or like, you know, having a cocktail with my friends mm-hmm. or like, um, even like allowing others to show up for me mm-hmm. in whatever way they can is is part of self care because even allowing folks into your circle mm-hmm. into your space um i have I'm really lucky that I have two really amazing roommates who are also sons of color, so it's like we really watch out for each other and and you know um in yeah. the show up for each other in a really beautiful way so so yeah, med- yoga. Hello. Yeah, I mean, that's yes. like a thing. I love, I love, love, love it. I, um, yeah, I see Pooja at everybody gym about twice a week. So, awesome. so that's amazing. Yeah, those are some of the like I, you know, that come to my mind. Okay, I like that. Yeah. No, I like that, and it's it's cool that you that self care is a priority you know, for you. And that it's definitely like, um, a keystone of your, your lifestyle. And I think that's cool, you know, that it's not just like a thing that you sprinkle on from time to time, but it's like, no, this is part of my, my structure. This is yeah. what, you know, kind of keeps me right. So that's, that's pretty dope. Cause I think a lot of times self-care is like, um, you know, like an afterthought, like dessert, you know, like people oh, yeah. have a, a full meal and they're like, do we want dessert today? Maybe, maybe not. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's how they approach self-care. And then they're like, oh, by the time they start practicing it, they don't realize how important it is to sustain positive, healthy, whole, complete self. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, My last question for you, and this is a question that I ask everybody and everyone has a different answer, which is dope. If you could sit down with your 20 year old self, what would you say? (laughs) I would definitely tell my 20 year old self uh, to go on more adventures. I would tell her to be more um, aggressive, but not in a way of like in a mean way, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, to get what you want. I think I learned that later in life and I wish I would have learned that sooner. Mm -hmm. And also that it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel that as women, especially women of color, we're just told that we have to say yes to everything in order to get ahead in, in all ways, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in, at work, with your mm-hmm. family, with your partners, with your friends. But I think there's so much power. You know, was it Oprah that said, like, no is a complete sentence? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learning that has been just, 
it saved my sanity and my mm. and my life to be honest so mm-hmm. and then also I would tell my 20 year old self that community is coming because I think when mm. I, I came out when I was yes. 19 mm-hmm. and I was definitely you know I was living in the Inland Empire and not you know the only kind of queer thing to do there was go to the club and mm-hmm. I love going to the club it was fun but I knew that I wanted more mm-hmm. and um I had to move to LA to find that but you know just telling myself like community is coming I think that that yeah um would have made me feel a lot better <laughs> that's awesome thank you for sharing that I appreciate that and it's it's like you said we have those those moments of wisdom where we're like, wow, if I knew this, then where would I be? And I think for me, what I tell myself is like, if I didn't go through every experience, adventure, pitfall and peak, I wouldn't be where I am to be able to offer that wisdom to anyone else, whether it's like you said, a baby femme who hits me up on a DM or someone that I meet, you know, in in a community space to say, Hey, let me share a little bit of this with you. So thank you for sharing that with us. So before we go, I want you to let us know how people can find you or connect with you on social media, how to find you. Yeah. So I have a website and it's www.xolauraluna. That's L A U R A. L-U-N-A dot com. And then my favorite platform is Instagram, where you can find me there at at Laura, L-A-U-R-A underscore Luna, L-U-N-A. So that's the two places where you can find me online. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I know we went like a long time because I feel like I can talk to you forever. Uh, But this was really dope. I appreciate everything you shared. Thank you for being so transparent and vulnerable. As always, I feel like I learned something today. I have a new term that I can use. I am a pleasure-seeking bottom. Thank you very much. And I am going to add that to my t-shirt. So (laughs) thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your podcast, Kishan, and congratulations on having so many episodes. This is so great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, girl. Well, enjoy the rest of your day off. (laughs) Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Wow. I feel so good after that conversation. I feel so good just listening to it again. And it takes me back to the day that we actually recorded. And it really puts me back into that space where I had that moment of reflection where I remembered how I felt the first time that I connected with what femme actually means for me and the way that I express myself through femininity and the way that I embrace my femininity and the way that I embrace it as part of who I am. And what I love about the conversation that happened with Lauda Luna is that she allowed me the space to express myself. She allowed me the space to be able to witness her expressions. And that's something that I don't know happens a lot with women. And I hope that it does. I hope that it happens more with women that women or anyone who identifies as female has the opportunity to share space with others who allow them to define and express what femme is for them. I know the world that we live in tries to define everything for us and tries to tell us what is and what isn't and what femme is and what femme isn't and what masculinity is and what masculinity isn't. What I know for sure is that the more that we start to facilitate these conversations with each other and the more that we start to facilitate these conversations outside of our usual circles, the more that we get to start to change the views and change the beliefs and change the ideas of what femme is, what gender expression is, and what it means to just be yourself. What I've learned through this conversation and conversations like this is that there is no one way to be femme, but there is only one way to be me. And there's only one way for you to be you. So I encourage you today to be yourself, to embrace yourself, to express yourself and your femininity and your masculinity and whatever shows up for you and whatever is real for you. Do that. Do it every day. Find others who will affirm you and encourage you and see you 
And that is truly what creates a community of happiness. So thank you guys so much for listening. Peace. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light. I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.